Hey everyone, this is Fidget. Welcome back to the Trout Creek Bible Cast. We took a little hiatus for summer camp, and uh, we're back now, and it was an amazing three months. We can't wait to tell you all about it. In fact, we'd like to start off this episode by having some of our campers tell you what their favorite parts of camp have been. Here we go. Creek is that um, God will accept you no matter what, um, and if, even if your friends or anyone else doesn't accept you, um, it doesn't matter because God's the only one who really matters, and <laughs> uh, no matter how you look or act, God will always love you. My name is Hayden, I'm 11 years old, I'm super handsome, and um, the thing I learned about God today and a lot of other days is that um, he, when we're climbing up the mountain of well, anything, like when we're trying to get through, he is always there to protect you. I learned about how God is always your companion and that he helps you climb up the mountain of faith and success and he helps you be successful in life always. All right, I'm Andreas Jenkins and, and I like everything about Trotary. Um, My name's Naomi and I like that it's easy to make friends. My name's Tatum, and I like everything about Trucker. My name's Lincoln, and I like the swings. My name's Connor, and I like making friends. My name's Maddie, and I like the fact that I can meet new people that I wouldn't have met if I didn't come. Okay, I'm Kate, I'm 13, and this week at Trail Creek, I feel like I got closer to God, and I met a lot of new people in my cabin, and it's just been really fun, because there's a lot of fun activities to do. So, yeah, it's really fun, and I think we should go. My name's Finn, I'm nine and a thing that I learned about God is that he is always forgiving and he's always willing to forgive our sins. Hi my name is Hank and I am 11 years old and what I learned about God this week is that he loves you no matter what. Hi my name is Heidi I'm 11 and what I learned about God this week is like all the stories in the Bible. My name is Isaiah and I'm 10 years old and something I learned about Jesus is that he died for all of our sins. Hi, my name is Chloe. I'm 12 and I like Trout Creek because it's an amazing camp and it's just really fun. I'm Trent and my favorite part is getting candy and playing Team Calm games. Daddy Foot Lettuce is number one. <laughs> Hi, my name is Owen and the favorite part of Trout Creek is learning about Jesus. Bye. My name is Isabel. I'm nine and I learned that Jesus made us all and he made all the creation. Uh, I'm 12 years old, my name is Torrance, and what I really like about camp is that it's super fun and you get to learn about God. And this week I learned that He is your Savior, and it's just really fun throughout the entire week. And other kids should come to camp because it's a really fun experience to learn about God and have fun with your friends. <laughs> Good job!
Yeah, so it was an amazing summer. Thank you so much for your prayers and your support and for being a part of what Trout Creek does. We're excited to be back with the BibleCast and share with you all the cool things that God continues to do through Trout Creek. As always, we'd like to spend some time in the Word, hopefully getting some encouragement from the Scriptures together. And so what we did is this last summer, we stopped by one of our CIT Bible studies. How this works is uh, every day at camp during the summer, the campers uh, in their cabin groups go to a Bible study with their counselor. And while they're doing that, their CIT, or counselor in training, goes to a Bible study of their own. And so this is little Joe Fallman leading us through a CIT Bible study, and we just get to eavesdrop a little bit. Hope you enjoy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I also should tell you that this is a pretty long Bible study compared to what we normally do on the podcast. So I hope you can stick with it because it's really interactive and there's actually some really good stuff in here. So, all right, here we go. Let's jump into the Bible. Yesterday, we were talking about the culture we live in and how easy it is to find ourselves adapting to the culture and not even really knowing it. Is that true, do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, not on the big things. Not on the big things. I mean, most of us aren't going to be out doing the big sins, right? Most of us aren't. We're going to be a little hesitant to go do the big sins. You know, going places and doing things we shouldn't be doing. Um, but we find ourselves easing into some of the things the world does and finding it somewhat comfortable, don't we? So we talked about that, and then I had to leave a little bit earlier to go to the nurse's cabin, handle a little situation there that wasn't too big of a deal, but. I guess when I left, ukulele, who is not here, asked the question. But what are we supposed to do? I mean, what? how do we know what's right and what's wrong in our culture and what's acceptable behavior and what's not acceptable behavior? Was it something like that? Yeah, kind of. She was asking, like, she, was asking, she said because, like, there's sin in the world and so everything is going to be, like, Everything's broken. Nothing's going to be perfect. Everything's broken. And so she was asking, like, where's the line? Like, where is it Mm -hmm. acceptable and where is it not? Where's the line? And then uh, Jamaica informed me that there was much discussion, which usually ensues on a question like that, and everyone has an idea. And everyone has standards. I'm not saying you don't. You will have standards. But then... Pretty interesting. If I was here, I'd be like, I'd be eating up that conversation. But it sounds like you guys finally got asked the question, but what do the scriptures say? Because that's usually what we do is we default to our experience, our friends, and what they think, and what our parents think, and what society thinks, and what Trout Creek thinks, and what the law says, i.e. the camp law, you know. And all these societal and youth group type pressures that help us form our boundaries. But it's really the scriptures, is it not? 
So how do you know if you should watch a movie? How do you know if you should listen to a song? Um, there's some people in this world that take the extreme view. Um, you know, the Amish, let's say. Okay. That's pretty extreme. They go to where they're not. No electricity. No, you know, convenience of the modern motor and machinery. And, and that's probably a little bit crazy. But even in Christian circles, we have people who go to extremes and say, know this, know that, can't do this, can't do that. And then once we get out of that box or that confinement, we find all kinds of freedom and we don't know how to handle it. And we go and do things that we probably regret later. Then there's other people who are like, whatever, you can make up your own mind. I'm not going to be your parent and tell you how to run your life. You can choose what you want to choose. We even have kids that come like that. Parents tell me that. Or they want them to discover what their beliefs are. And we have other parents who are saying, this is what you will do. You won't be riding in that car with them. I have rules in my house. You will not be watching those kind of movies. So, but how do you figure this out? Yes. Um, well, I know the one in Colossians, I was looking for the one in Philippians too, but pretty clearly when he says that like only clothe yourselves with that is of, 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 uplifting to the Lord and not of the earthly nature, right? So it's like, um, I have a highlighted right here. Is it 12? And so Colossians 3, and it starts with 5. It's saying, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. And it's sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, and idolatry, right? And then what's it say? Put on the new self. And then, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other grievances, for many of you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, and over all these virtues, put on love. Which, which binds, binds them together. all together in perfect unity. When it comes to movies and stuff, I, like, I feel like a lot of times it can come to the whole weaker brother stronger argument, but that really doesn't because it's it's not uplifting to the Lord. If it's not uplifting to others, why, why fill your life with it? Each individual needs to come to their own conclusion and convictions. We all have the same scripture. How do you uh, come to those conclusions? Is the scripture clear on all things? Those are called what areas? Gray areas. <clears throat> what do you do with gray areas? Well, like what you said, you develop whatever you think is morally right for you. and Kind of like Judges? Hmm? The book of Judges, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Well, but like what I'm saying is like <laughs> along with the scripture, like you read the scripture and you judge for yourself what you think is in line with the scripture for you. What you think might not be what someone else thinks. Like, it's just because I know people that say no watching inappropriate movies at all. Like PG thirteen, not even that. Like I know people that do that, and I know for me, my family, like they're okay with it as long as it's appropriate. So it just depends on the people. What is appropriate? Again, it's up to the person, the family. Well, in line with the scripture, I'm saying in line with the scripture. If there's a gray area, it's up to you to decide. So what do the scriptures say about... Do they say, thou shalt not watch a PG-13 movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does it say you shouldn't watch an R-rated movie? No. 
No, see, those are the Motion Picture Industry of America, Association of America, that determines this is our standard. We will notify you when it crosses our boundaries, and then we'll give it a, I was going to say an X rating, but I meant like a fill in the number or whatever rating. (laughs) (laughs) The Y rating or whatever, you know, put in the, you know, G, PG, PG PG-13, NC-17, R. I mean, they, they have their standards, right? And are they based on what your standards are, no. what the scriptural standards no. are. No, but like, I know, I can't, I know what I'm saying, but it's hard to express. Go ahead. I haven't really talked to my parents about if their views on what we watch, how they got them and how they align with scripture, but I just know that they have my best interest in mind when we sit down to watch something. Mm-hmm. And usually... Uh-oh, yeah, he's closing his eyes. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm contemplating what you're saying. Yeah. Usually when we watch a movie, my dad and mom, they sometimes they go through it first. And then when we sit down to watch a movie, if it's got an overbearing amount of, like, even language in it sometimes, we'll just turn it off. And then if it gets past language, then it's not even really worth watching the movie. And then... If the language is like a heavy spot sometimes, but the story is good, and it's like, let's say, my dad really likes sports movies and or bank robbing movies, and we'll sit down and watch those together. Sports bank robbing. Me and my dad sit down and we watch everything, but like. Um, so what you're saying is, let me summarize it for you. Yeah. You trust your father's judgment, yeah. and you're going to follow it. Yeah, because he hasn't, re- he hasn't like... Listen to that again. You trust your father's judgment that he knows what's best for you, yeah. and you follow it. Yeah. But what happens when your dad isn't there to tell you right and wrong? I trust my mom. <laughs> <laughs> How about when you get out of the house? I think you might have missed my emphasis. You trust your father's judgment and you follow it. Your earthly father's. Do you trust your heavenly father's judgment? what's best for you, what's good for you, and do you follow it? And you may ask, how do I know what the Father's judgment? The scriptures are pretty clear on things. We read one yesterday. Did we not in Ephesians chapter 5? But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity because these are improper for God's holy people. Are you one of God's holy people? Am I? Right there it just says it's improper for us. But I like to make that line as bleary and ambiguous 
and as obscure as possible because my flesh or my friends want to see this movie and I don't want to be the odd one out. I think someone was saying something about that in chapel today. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear the chapel speaker say that? Like, what, you're not going to watch football with us? You're going to go to church, you're not going to be man enough to watch football with us? And that's what happens, that's peer pressure. At camp here, the peer pressure is, what, you're not going to be praying? What, you're not reading your Bible? What, you're not saving kids? God does, but what? You're not serving? I got 13. And the peer, the peer pressure here is a positive one towards spirituality. As soon as you leave this, it's unsure footing again. And you're around people that are like, whoa, whoa, what? You don't, uh. And then for a good couple of weeks to a month, maybe two months, maybe three months, you're going, no, nah, I got this. Camp's, camp's hanging in there. I got my convictions. But as you drift further into the sea of culture, it's difficult for those of us that don't have boundaries or parents that help us with boundaries. So what do you do? How do you survive the storms of the culture? Use, use the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. Yeah, I'm sorry. You start with discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. You start with discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. What does the Holy Spirit like to use? What will He guide you into? Do you remember that in John when Jesus says, "I will give you." A comforter, a guide, the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all. We don't know that, do we? <laughs> Jesus says, I am the way. And the Spirit says, or Jesus says, the Spirit will guide us into all truth. Are you walking in truth? I, I can't help it. You guys, we sing songs in chapel. We do programming here like nobody's business. It's awesome. It's great. We are doing skits. We're up there saying, this is not your image. Your image should be more like this. Right? And we're saying, no, that's a terrible image. And No, you got to let your light shine. And we do all these skits. Are we even self-reflecting ourselves? Or are we just going... We got this. We're at camp. We're on staff. We're above this. We've got this teaching down. Yeah, you got the skits down. You've got the words down. Does the life match up with that? The program Bible study the other day, <coughs> excuse me, when Fidget was running it, they were talking about Jesus flipping over the tables in the temple. You remember that story? Because <laughs> they were using the uh, temple for purposes that it was not designed for. Getting some money, making some money off the religious practices. And people were doing things they that the Lord didn't like because their hearts weren't in it. Their wallets were in it. And it was interesting. 
I would think it would be the same with us, and myself included. We often go, yeah, what were those people thinking? Why were they doing that? And Fidget brought up a great point. Think about this. Why did he come into the temple and flip tables over? He wasn't happy with what he was seeing, right? And then he said, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you know what that says? Someone, once you find it. 19. 6.19. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Yeah. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. So, what's your body? The temple of the Holy Spirit. So, Fidget asked them, and I'm going to ask us the same question. Are there any tables in your temple that the Lord would be flipping? <laughs> and are you okay with him coming in and turning the tables on you? Honestly? I yeah. I don't know yet. I mean, I mean, it's not like I don't want him to flip it, and I don't want, it's just that me and my sinful self have gotten comfortable, and I don't know yet if when I'm outside of camp, if... You're ready to give that up? If I'm ready to give my comfort to us. Like in camp, it's like super easy to let them flip it. Because I don't have civilization for weeks at a time. <laughs> okay. You you don't have a phone. You don't have outside influences speaking yeah. into you. You literally have your Bible, a backpack, another dude, and 12 kids. <laughs> That's it. And it's so easy just to be like, yo, look how much time I have, and I have a Bible. Oh, what else am I supposed to do? Like, oh, it's right there. Let me read it. And so I read it. And I've read a lot. And then when you get out of camp, you're like, oh, wow, there's so much stuff I haven't done because I've been away for weeks at a time that I need to do, like hang out with people. Oh, yo, I have like 170 notifications. Oh, it's like super hard to just, as soon as you get out of camp, to read your Bible. And then when you don't read your Bible, then you get more and more comfortable with what you're doing instead of reading the Bible. And then when you need to sit down and read your Bible, you always find something else to do. <coughs> Can anybody else say an amen to that one? Amen. <laughs> For the record, let it be stated that a lot of hands went up upon that. Not a lot of voices confirmed that. <laughs> so what do we do? Live at camp year-round. Yes. I'd be so Are you still covered in housing and food? No campus. Food and... Food and housing? I'm here. What up? You're covering it. But what might happen then? What happens if you're at the buffet table just and you don't have an outlet and you're not doing anything with it? Either. That's what happens. You guys become Amish. Yeah, we become Amish. We gotta have an outlet. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. But listen, 
So Sasquatch brings up a great point. Camp provides an environment that is conducive to spiritual growth. Home is more challenging. Obviously, you're not in school now. You don't have homework. But you, you get home, you've got family, you've got activities you're involved in, whether it be sports or drama or writing or, you know, put anything in there. And then you've got parents that you're there with. Yes, there are external things that come into your life. But do you have choices as what to do with those? When the phone is notifying you of all these wonderful things, do you have to respond to them? This is where it becomes difficult, right? So how do we do this? Let's turn to Peter. The book of Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 1. Joe, what was the verse you were talking about? Joe, what was the verse you were talking about? Like, you were bought for a price. That was 619. It was 619. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. I just kept reading. He kept going. <laughs> Dude, that is, that's a crazy verse. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. What? What was the price you were bought with? The shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross. You know, I was just uh, I was looking through the news this morning, and there were some weird news stories out there. But there was one that was pretty gruesome. A guy murdered his friend, decapitated him because... Because he was talking with a girl this guy liked. He was 15 at the time. 15? 15. And he's going to get life in prison, but he could be eligible for parole when he's like 40-something. Which, we don't have time to talk about that. But I was just sitting there thinking, can you imagine someone coming in the courtroom going, I'll serve that time, and I'll take all of his penalty." And he can go free. Think of the weight of our sin in our lives. What is the punishment for that? Is death. And someone came in and said, no, you know what? I don't want them to go through that. I'll take it. I want them to have life eternal. That's just crazy if you think about it like that. So when you start thinking like that and you start contemplating do this in remembrance of me, it becomes a little more clear and easy to make decisions that are not just self-focused. And like, I got to do this anyway. I got umpteen notifications I got to get back to. If you really focus on who the Lord is and his scriptures, it gives you clarity and it gives you, wow, right? That's why we go to church. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we have communion. That's why we have worship. Is to remind us of these things. Right? 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. This is his opening <clears throat> salutation. And we can so quickly read through these and go, uh-huh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the meat of this? Wow. What does Simon Peter say he is? A servant of Jesus. What do you define yourself as? A servant? If Jesus asked you not to respond to the notifications but spend time with him, oh, dude, now we're getting down to real brass tacks here. What are we going to do? To those in this room, myself included, who have, through, through righteousness, have received a faith as precious as ours. Think about it. If you are a true believer in the Lord Jesus, you stand before him, not condemned. You stand before him justified, declared righteous, just as if you've never sinned. How amazing is that? Is that crazy? And then on top of that, he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Through what? The knowledge of God. Do you have an abundance of grace and peace? Wouldn't you like it just to be flowing through? You remember I told Crayola to just start verbally talking to God and telling him, No, I don't want to do that. I ran into her this afternoon or ran across her. No, I mean, uh, passed by her and we talked. And she goes, you know what? It's just like God's being real again. It was like he was distant. But now that I've been talking to him out loud and telling him, no, I don't want to do that. It's like he's fresh and new again. Because she's hearing herself saying, no, God, I'm not going to do that. That's sometimes why I'm in the back singing songs that saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I'm back there going, I don't know, maybe we'll see. <laughs> because that's reality at times, isn't it? And sometimes I want to hear those words because then I go, oh, should I be doing that? Am I really flowing with grace and peace and abundance? Or is it just something I talk about? Is it something I know really a lot about intellectually, but not experientially? be like me being an expert on Disneyland because I've gone and saw things on YouTube and went to the internet and saw all the wonderful things and read all the reviews and I was sitting there telling you all about it and you're like, yeah, but you ever been there? No, but I hear it's really cool. You should go sometime. You've never experienced it? No. Take my word for it. Or being there and experiencing it. Plus, I'm 
much easier to be believable. You're much more likely to believe me if it's something I've experienced. Fidget was showing me a book today. <clears throat> what was the title of that? Uh, the title was... Or the, the half title, the subtitle. The subtitle is Some Neglected Aspects of Our Calling. Some Neglected Aspects of Our Calling. And it said, if Christians were just Christians, how different the world might be. There were some quotes from people that maybe if Christians were really Christians, maybe Islam wouldn't be in existence. No. I'm talking about transformational living. If people saw it, they'd be like, so that's what it looks like. The, the other one was from like a Hindu professor in India. And he told his Christian student, if you Christians lived as Jesus Christ did, India would be at your feet tomorrow. Mm. What would it look like if the people who are true Jesus followers were little Christ? Did you hear that in chapel today? Yeah. Now you know the definition of Christian. So how do we do this? Verse 3. Here's a very, very practical. His divine power has given us mostly what we need for life and godliness. Oh, that's not right, Joe. That's not right? Clean them. And clean your ears while you're at it. All right, did I say it right? No, it says everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Do you have his divine power? Do you have the power that raised Jesus from the dead in you? Think about that. Why don't we use it all the time? Because we like our comfortable little tables we've set up. And sometimes I think we spend more time anchoring the tables so they don't get flipped. So when we get to youth group or whatever, we're still comfortable. Those tables aren't going anywhere. I'm good with that. No one's going to be disrupting that. But the Lord has the power <laughs> to destroy them. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Do you want to escape the corruption in this world that's caused by evil desires? Or do you want to feed that? You 
could probably go to jail and visit people and other places along the road and see people who have given in to everything that their heart desires. They're broken people. The divine nature, God's power, is at your disposal. Is it being put to use? He says, He's given us His great, very great, and precious promises so that we can participate in victory, not in corruption in this world. He gives us the power. So he says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, what? Goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have these things, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is kind of that First Thessalonians chapter 4. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as, your Lord, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Second Peter is an awesome book. He wants to remind us of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in them. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, knowledge, self-control. That's lacking in our culture. Perseverance. You work at camp, you'll have perseverance. Or you'll just kaput. Godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Do you think this is true, that if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive? Yeah. How many of you want to be ineffective and unproductive for Jesus? <laughs> so no one is willing to put their hand up. How many are willing to change your life so that you won't be ineffective and unproductive? Gosh, 
It's a little tough. If I put my hand up, I actually have to That's why you should put your hand up. You know what, though? I can appreciate not putting your hand up. Count the cost before you make a commitment. I just, I want to, like, like, I want to, but I don't. Stop! Did you hear what he said? I want to, comma, but. I, no, you didn't let me finish. I wasn't going to say, but I don't feel comfortable. It's like No, I just said, but. I want to. But, let's go. But. Now finish it. But I want to look at what I have to change before I raise my hand and say that I'm going to do it. Like, I want to be able to see what I have to do. Who asked that question? Was that you, Kelly Joe? <laughs> I was scared because I knew I didn't ask it, but I still was like, what? Why was the follow-up? Why do you want to know what you have to change before you'll commit to making the change? Dude, I appreciate your honesty because yeah. this is where we live. Yeah. I don't... The fear of missing out. Yeah. Right? What are you missing out on? I feel like a normal life. I don't know. Like, we... When we give our lives to Jesus and we, we give our service to Him and we... We miss, I feel like we miss out on, I don't want to say what the world wants our life to be like, but what some people who don't follow Christ's highlights of their life would be. Dude, you are speaking exactly what is so true about American Christians today. Yeah, I feel that. And it is a real inner draw away from the Lord to be... I don't want to miss out on what's going on. There's a lot of good things out there. This is where it comes to discernment. <coughs> but what does Jesus pray in John 17, 17? Uh, John 17, 17 says, Satisfy them by the truth. Your word is true. You going? No, I, I don't know that I can satisfy. Sanctify. 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 Sanctify them by the truth for your word is true. There we go. You know what it means to be sanctified? Set apart. Set apart. Father, set them apart by the truth. Your word is truth. The Lord wants us to be set apart from the world. Verse 19, I was like saying for them, I sanctify myself that they too may be sanctified. Truly sanctified. That's good good. stuff, isn't it? Let's go back to your dad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He is watching the shows and directing and you're trusting his judgment. Next time, just tell your dad, I don't believe you. I want to watch this stuff. Let me watch it anyway. Doctor, you okay? I mean, what? What? <laughs> no, you keep going with that thought. Tell us exactly what you're thinking. 
Um, I'm thinking cold stare and no. <laughs> <laughs> I have the remote. <laughs> Jesus. But he's built his trust in me also because he's I've been with him obviously for so long that his trust in me is built too that if I like if I say no, let me watch this. That I don't want his trust in me to diminish either. In that, by saying that. Are you seeing the spiritual parallels by what you're saying? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to admit him. I don't want to see him. No, no. I don't, it's not that I don't want to see him. It's just that I don't know. Saying it out loud it makes it easier to see it. But like I knew when you asked me, hello, when you said, "Oh, the Father," at the beginning, that there were going to be a lot of parallels in what I was going to say. <laughs> it's just like as if Jesus was talking here about the Father. There were a lot of parallels when Jesus was talking the parables. There were a lot of double truths to what we're doing here and what He was doing. No, I, I want you to grapple with it. I do not want you just to blindly say, I'm going to follow Jesus and not count the cost. Because a lot of people do that and they don't end up persevering. You need to determine, and, and I need to determine, do I really love God? What does it say in John 14, 15? If you love me, keep my commands. What's it say in 14.23? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. I and the Father are going to come make our home there. Do you love the Lord? Do you really want to follow him? Make that first commitment. Make that first decision. And then ask him to start taking over the areas of your life and your house. There's a great book, Robert Munger, My Heart, Christ's Home. And it just talks about the different departments of the house, the different rooms, and how you slowly transfer control over, and then you finally release the title to the house and say, here I am. It's like that skit we do. You know, the one where they come and knock on the door, and you're like, got to get to the party, Lord. Here, read some books. Don't read that book. Okay, you turn on the TV. Oop, not that channel. And then finally, it's, no, Jesus, not tonight. Have you guys seen that skit before? Yeah. He's like, just go. And he just nails him to the cross again so he can go out and do his thing. We have some great skits that really cause people to think. We need to be praying, and myself included, I am not above this, you guys that we need to be praying that our sensitivity to the Lord would not get calloused when we see these things and say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? What does my light need to do? Do I need to light someone else's candle that's 
flickering in the fo- uh, the wind. How can I be of help instead of just being like, yeah, I got this. I got this. Do you love the Lord? Can I ask you, Sasquatch, the answer to that question? Like, can you ask me that question? Like, do you love your dad, your earthly dad? Yes, sir. And do you want to please him? Yeah. Why? I just, I respect him so much and that, I love him so much and I've grown up with him and that if I displease him and that if I do something to, for him to lose trust in me, that I feel like I'm not, I feel like it's, it's not like he, it's letting him down but I'm letting myself down because I appreciate him and look up to him so much that if I do something that that isn't worthy of a son yeah that personally I like tear my like self like I love him so much that I want to him to look at me which he would even if I did something wrong the way that like he loves me which he always will but personally I feel like uh, I'm trying to say this in the right way where even though there is a spiritual connection that you won't see it right away. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's you can't separate them. That's the way the Lord has it in the scriptures. It's just, he, so, okay, I'll go straight to Jesus then. Then, God loves me so much and he loves, like, I don't, I don't even know how to say how much he loves me in words. And then, when I do something wrong, I feel you know, I feel like trash, honestly. But I know that I'm not trash still in God's eyes. And that he loves me, but that doesn't make me feel any less trash in the moment. Sorry, it's a trash thing. <laughs> but, like, I still want to please him. But I can't help. I feel like I can't help myself sometimes. Right. I hear you. So tell him that. My dad or God? <laughs> Both. I was going to say, this stuff you were saying about your dad, it sounds so incredibly awesome. And I was going to ask you, have you told your dad this lately? Because, dude, you want to... I have You want to know the best Father's Day gift you could ever oh. give your dad? Oh. Is go tell him exactly what you just said. Dad, yes. I love you so much. I respect you. Yes, yes, I don't want to disappoint you. And, I mean, literally just like, you'd be like crawling up in his lap. He's a little smaller than me. Right. <laughs> but that, he's Dude, so right. He is so right. His heart would be melted. He, exactly. And you and I need to do the same thing with our Heavenly Father. Just have a conversation with him. Lord, you know I love you. You know I disappoint you. I'm tired of it. What can we do about this? He goes, I've got divine power that conquers sin and death and this feeling of garbage, trash in your life. And I don't want that anymore for you. I bought you. I've redeemed you. I want you set apart by my truth. Let me speak into your life. Fidget had something. 
I was going to read Colossians 1, 27, or part of it. The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, you. the hope of glory. And uh, I had someone actually not, not very many months ago ask me that question, like, why do you care so much about pleasing God? Like, are you afraid he's going to be mad at you? And we talked through, like, no, I think he's always going to love me, and it's going to be okay even if I screw up. Well, then why are you working so hard? And what I finally came to after really thinking and asking myself that question is that I have Christ in me, and it is, a, it is glorious riches of his presence in me, like, more than I could ever want or imagine I could want. It's, it's the sweetest thing in my life to have Christ's presence with me. I think about Sasquatch and his dad, and I'm like, it sounds to me like Sasquatch knows his dad will still love him, but he doesn't want anything to come in between that relationship. He doesn't want anything to throw that relationship off kilter. He wants there to be that open connection and that intimacy between him and his dad. And similarly, like, this glorious riches of Christ's presence in me, this hope of glory that just dwells in me by his presence, the sweetness of that, I don't want anything to come between me. And when you learn to love the Lord like that, when you just start thinking about who he is and what he's done for you and just, just cultivating that love relationship with him, then you're motivated by this love that I don't, I don't want anything to come between me and him. And I got, I'm ready to get this sent out. I'm going to let Jesus clear out the temple of my heart with a, a bunch of cords and turning over tables. Because I don't want anything to come between me and this person that I just love so much. I think that that's a powerful motivator. That has been in my life anyway. <coughs> How do you... How... Well, <laughs> About like that. <laughs> your hands off, step back, let him run it, let him be in control, surrender. Okay, I was thinking you were going to just say stop. (laughs) (laughs) Ask him to help you understand how to do it. Ask other people to help you. And just say, just like fidget, you, you... when you come to that place where you're like in love with the Lord and you love pleasing Him more than pleasing yourself, that's a great place to be. But it takes work. It takes discipline. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes you saying, I'm not going to do those things that I used to do. Whatever those things might be. You know what I mean? But it's a process, dude. And now you know why I'm like, am I done with this battle? Is the fight over yet? Because it's it's constant. And there's things warring against us continually. It doesn't end until we get out of this body. 
But greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. He's an overcomer. And with him, I can too. He's victorious over sin. And with him, I can be too. Not in my religious efforts, not in my service at camp, but in my submission and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus in my life and letting him have mastery and rule in my heart. Like it says in Colossians 3, 15, let the peace of Christ rule there. You know that song, I Surrender Some? I Surrender Most? I Surrender All. Pardon? Most of the time, sometimes, occasionally, when I feel like it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to have your word, the truth, presented. I pray that the word, as it goes out into our hearts, would plant seeds of trust in you of hope in you and that you would empower each one of us not in a weird spiritual religious way but father in real life just like we've been talking about here in our relationship with our father that you would just transform us and help us to trust you more by the power of your word and the hope of the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrection of Jesus in each one of us pray this in his holy name. Thank you, 2019 CITs, for allowing us to crash your Bible study. That was super fun, and uh, it was really good to hear from you and from Joe and to dive into the Word together. Uh, Something else we like to do on the podcast is to introduce you to different camp people, people who work at camp, go to camp, are connected to camp. And this summer, we got a visit from a camp legend, and I really do mean legend. (laughs) We got a visit from Mother's Meatloaf. Uh, Meaty was our program director for several years. uh, Her last year was 2005, and uh, she came and visited this summer, and we got to sit down with her and have a fun conversation about all the great parts of Trout Creek, so I hope you enjoy. Here is Mother's Meatloaf. Just chat and like just whatever yeah just like just like tell it let's go through the different hairstyles of mother's me oh okay. there have been a lot of hairstyles we started out with the bangs <laughs> i had to wet them like i had to wet them to keep them out of my face <coughs> joe and angela always joke with me about that ponytail <laughs> down middle part down oh i remember that one that one didn't work out very mm. well there was like some and like you poof. you you went hard for the frosted tips way hard on the frosted tips yeah, like like i went into the 90s hardcore like i just jumped right in. like 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 trying to be an in-sync band member well yeah like i thought like maybe if justin timberlake could do it like why couldn't i do Absolutely. it yeah, yeah. yeah and like the wing out like uh-huh. wing the hair out as far as i could yep 
you know, just experiment. Oh, absolutely. A lot of good styles. This is good. This is good. All right. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our inter- No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's up, you guys? I'm here with the one and only Meatloaf, comma, Mother's. Mother's Meatloaf. Uh, the one and the only Meatloaf. Hi. Hey, what's up, Finch? How long have you, or how, how long did you work at camp? I worked at camp ten summers. I took a break, like in the middle somewhere. So, so like, what was your first summer on staff? Ninety-five. That was almost twenty-five years ago. Just I was six. Saying. Yeah, I was too, actually. <laughs> actually, I was kind of a prodigy. Yeah, for sure. I think you're only twelve at the moment. In a in yeah. a half, I yeah. told you that. Sorry, in a half. Uh, sweet. Um, and what positions did you have over that time? Ooh, okay, so I started out on kitchen crew. Okay. Then I did kitchen crew. After that, I did kitchen crew. Oh, good. Yeah, so I like to <coughs> diversify. I like to diversify. Bless you. <coughs> I'm um, good now. Sorry, I'm just trying to make this interview about me. Go ahead. Kind of did CIT-ish one summer as I was doing kitchen crew. And I was counselor. Wait, you did kitchen crew and CIT? Yeah, you know, just... Like back and forth week by week? Or, like, I, you like, would leave your cabin and go serve? Leave my cabin, go serve, then go back to my cabin. You know, because nice. I just like to do it, you know, get the full experience. For sure. Uh, let's see, we got C, no, counselor, counselor, what, counselor dean, program director. You did that for three years. Three years, yep, three summers. But in our minds, it's like you did it for 70 years. years. Yeah. 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 70. Actually, 72 years is how it feels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Almost as old as the camp. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Pretty much. Uh, what like what what was one of your favorite things to do as program director? Uh, I just love playing the games. I Any knew it. I knew games. it. Wait, playing the games or explaining the games? Or is it all uh, the, whole the whole thing? The whole thing. The whole thing. Yes. First of all, the half hour explanation of the game. Oh, for sure. Possibly 45 minutes. I was going to say, know, half was, hour, were you trying? No, like if it was a good explanation, like definitely 45 it. minutes. Yep. If you'd gotten a full eight hours yep. the night before. Yep, and then just putting on the band, you know, like mm-hmm. running through the field and hearing my favorite thing ever would be here. Meatloaf's coming! Yes. Meatloaf's coming! Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that was a compliment or not, but I liked it. Yeah, but I mean, it was, everyone at least like turned and looked. Right. And what more could you ask, really? Right. It was probably because of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You had some epic hairstyles. I'll Definitely. Um, so, uh, let me ask you about Fireside. I know you love Fireside. Love Fireside. A, fi- a day that ends with Fireside is better than a day that does not, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite Fireside song? Um, my favorite Fireside song, actually, probably Ain't No Rock. Oh. I love Ain't No Rock. I remember, maybe it was when I was a staff member, or maybe as a camper, I remember you teaching that song for like the first summer that it was ever done. Yep, yep, I brought it back from uh, another program that I'd been in, and I loved it. Oh, man. I love that I song. I love that song. But you know, there's so many classics, like, like Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't, I honorable mention for sure. For sure. And King Jesus is all for, for sure. sure. But I also like some of the slow ones, like, um, uh, what is that? Micah 6. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Oh, I love that so song. So good, so good. But, you know, I mean, definitely honorable mention, too, to uh, One Day at Trout Creek, but that's only because I'm biased. Only because, uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but One Day at Trout Creek, that's the yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy. 
Uh, that is a legacy of Mother's Meatloaf. Yeah, that's my only written song, and you can buy it on iTunes. Can you really? No, I wish you could, though. I'll bet, though, you could actually release it under the name Mother's Meatloaf, and people would buy it. And people would. <laughs> For sure. Uh, uh, cool. Uh, let me ask you this. If you could add any animal to Safari, what animal would you add? Um, I, whew, that is a really tough question because Safari has some really good animals. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. It was, know. it was well created from the for beginning. For sure. Who created that? Jasper? Uh, I think Jasper brought it. Yeah. I remember the first, the first time we played it and it was, yeah. that was extreme, I thought. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, maybe like an alligator. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to the alligator head that you're searching for. Right. As opposed to the alligator head you're searching for. Cool. Um, and the alligators could actually... Like, <laughs> could actually chomp. Chomp. <laughs> could actually like chomp. No, you know what'd be the greatest would be a sloth. Like moving so like slow, so, so slow. slow. How do they get away from campers? Yeah, they they, they, they don't. They, don't. <laughs> they just carry like a million tokens <laughs> yeah. in their pocket. But they're all worth like a penny. Like you are like, like I caught a sloth. I got a penny. I got one point. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Actually, that's not a bad idea. And just kind of like climbs one tree at I'm, a time, you know? I'm feeling like maybe we want to add this. I have staff coming to me all the time being like, can we add this animal? Can we do this animal? And sometimes we say yes, but maybe we'll do sloth. I mean, I'm just saying, like, then it diversifies yeah, 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 what yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, animal yeah. you're getting, right? For sure. Like, if, if a counselor's just like, I'm not feeling like running, well, you could, have you thought about walking very slowly? Right. Yeah. You could be a sloth. You could be a sloth. Right. For sure. Um, when was your last summer on staff? Uh, 2005. That was, I mean, if we're counting, almost 15 years ago. That was uh, my first summer on staff. Correct. That's how That's how I know you. That's That's why I know yep. you. That's how we... <laughs> no, I can't say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what have you been doing since then? I I teach a lot, so I can't get away from the children. I try so hard. For sure. Yeah, no, I teach. Wait, um, what, what age group do you teach? I taught fifth grade for a long time, and now I'm at, uh, with high school. So cool. get get some cool hangout with high schoolers time. Love it. Love, love it. Is that what they call it? Some cool hangout with high schoolers time? That's, that's just the cool terms. I mean, like, if you're a cool kid, that's what you call it. It's <laughs> like right. cool hangout time right. with high schoolers. I'm just spilling the tea on that. Spilling the tea... <laughs> Is that like the one phrase you know? The only that, phrase right, we'll actually that more. I know. I got some staff around here. All right, they can help me out yeah. a little bit. That's awesome. Anything else that you want to say as part of this here epic interview for the ages? <laughs> interview. Uh, um, man, camp is camp is awesome. You get so many stories, so mm-hmm. many relationships. Um, something that is amazing to experience and uh if you're thinking about whether you should work at camp or not do it it's life-changing 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 yeah pretty awesome place love it thanks meaty yep All right, that's all we've got this month on the Trout Creek Bible Cast. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited to be back doing this podcast again, and you can look for another episode next month. If you are a camper, parent, uh, alumni, anyone connected to Trout Creek, and you are listening to this Bible Cast, and you're thinking, you know, 
I think they should interview this person, or I think it'd be cool if they told us about this, or they talked about this topic in Bible study. We'd love to hear your suggestions. You can find us on social media. Just shoot us a message and give us your suggestions of what you'd like to hear on the Biblecast. To send you out this week, we'd like to play a song for you that one of our staff members, Lyric, this summer wrote for us. This is, uh, you might recognize the tune a little bit, but this is a song that she wrote about how awesome her first summer working at Trout Creek was. I know that you'll enjoy it if you love Trout Creek as much as we do. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Almost heaven. TCBC. Drive through the forest and past the big swings. Life is old there since 1945. And when you stand in the lodge, you can hear the songs rising up from fireside. Country roads, take me home to the place. Scores.